In the holy name of Jesus, amen. I know I've said this before, but the advertising guys in the congregation tell me I need to say it seven times before it sticks, and this week would only be six, so here goes. Every one of us has got a story. And if tonight you could just be honest and tell your story, if we went around the room, the results would not be pretty. Your stories would be stories about being lonely and unloved, about hurting others when you bullied them, and about being hurt when you were a victim, and about having lives that are broken and incomplete and failing. But the good news of Pentecost, the long, green, growing season of the church, is that things do not have to stay that way. Pentecost is a rescue. It is the season for change. Pentecost is a return to Eden because Pentecost is the season when Jesus trades his story for yours. Jesus is different than you and I. When we bump into someone who is lonely or broken or unloved, about the best that we can do is to be empathetic. What a horrible story, we say. What a shock. What troubles. What a disappointment. What pain. What sorrow. And then sometimes we can even set our stories side by side. You know, something like that happened to me once, too. Or, you know, I struggle with that same thing. That sort of empathy, when we set our stories side by side, is the way that human beings offer support to each other. And it is good as far as it goes. But we can never really crawl into anybody else's skin. And we do not have the power to fix the world's ills. Our stories always remain our stories. But Jesus is different than you and I. In the gospel appointed for this evening... Jesus does not just come up beside us and observe our pain and share our story. Jesus, an innocent man who was tortured and murdered, does not just set his story next to ours. It's not just empathy. It is more. Jesus acts, and he acts in a very specific way. Jesus erases our story. Jesus replaces our story. Jesus takes our story away and gives us a new story. Jesus pushes his own story into us. A story of talking and doing. A story of words and actions. A story of Trinitarian love and relationship and community 
It is the dance of perichoresis, a story of forgiveness and healing and future and hope, a story that actually does what it says. For Jesus, talking is doing, and words are actions. And his speaking, as you see in the gospel for this evening, actually heals. It heals the sick and raises the dead and casts the demons out. Jesus is different than you and I. And this is the difference. By giving us his story, he gives us himself. And by giving us himself, he gives us his identity and his family and his work and his play, his life and his everything. And he gives it to us full blast, full cure, all or nothing. And he gives it to us as gift. That is what it means to be the body of Christ. This erasing and replacing and raising up is the business of the church. This is why Jesus puts pastors into place in the gospel appointed for today. He calls his twelve one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. And verse 10, verse 1 in chapter 10 says that he authorizes them to do his words and do his work. What a mess, he says. Look at all the broken folks, all those alone and unloved, all those hurt and hurting others. Lots of sheep, no shepherds. Lots of harvest, no reapers. So you 12, on my count, stop talking and start doing, get going, start healing every disease and every affliction everywhere. One of the most interesting things about all of that is this. While Jesus erases your story, your troubles, and your failures, and your sins. Jesus does not erase you. The church has gone wrong when it has that certain Stepford quality where everybody looks and talks and seems the same. Actually, you will notice that the Lord's way works just the opposite. When Jesus recreates you and restores you, he elevates you. He makes you more you than you ever were before. Then, just as he did with those unqualified and unremarkable folks on the first Pentecost, he fits you into his church as he sees it. He knows what he put into you. He knows what he can get out of you. And he knows what it will take 
for you to flourish, whoever you happen to be and wherever you happen to land. Following in the way of the apostles, my task as pastor is not to describe or define your life. My task is to deliver the presence, the gift, the gifts of Christ, baptism and absolution and supper and scripture, and then to nudge and to bump and to push and to pull and to mold and to soothe and to prompt all of you to act like Christians in whatever it is that we choose to do together as his body. My job is to put all of that into you at Christ's command and then weave your stories, not your natural, broken, hurtful, hurting, lonely, unloved, failing story, but your new, baptized, forgiven, resurrected, eucharistically nourished story, your Pentecost story, into his. Each of you giving a gift or sharing a talent or bringing a perspective that only you can bring in love for God and service to your neighbor. Knowing all of that bumps your eyes up and out. And then suddenly, you begin to see, as Jesus did, a world full of folks in need of healing, horrible stories that need to be erased, sick that need to be healed, dead that need to be raised, and demons that need to be cast out. Suddenly, you see the point of Pentecost, the point of generosity and acts of mercy and words of witness. Jesus does not need your good works, but your neighbor does. All those hurting people need your help. And suddenly then, the church of Acts chapter 2 makes sense. You see why you can absolutely positively not live without Christ and scripture and prayer and the divine service described in Acts chapter 2. It isn't easy. A little later in this text, Jesus reminds his followers that no good deed goes unpunished. In fact, Jesus says that the thanks that you will receive for healing the sick and raising the dead and casting out demons will be lies and trials and floggings. But don't be anxious, says Jesus, just as he did in the Sermon on the Mount a few weeks ago. My story will erase all of that too. And I will always give you a new story to tell. Chapter 10, verse 20, For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of the Father speaking through you. I guess that means a good witness would be the next thing to talk about. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.